What's up, ladies and gents? This is your host, Anthony Nicochea, here with Outfield Talk. Uh, got a lot of topics today. Today we have two guest co-stars from the NAIA Baseball Association, the association that I played with in college at Valley City State University. Uh, first one is longtime friend of mine, Justin Odlum. I met him my sophomore year at college at Valley City. Um, pretty much, pretty much known as Mr. Clutch back when we were in school. He had, his claim to fame is having the uh, rally hit that led to Valley City beating Jamestown and that big doubleheader upset both games. Um, second guest that I have is Jesse Spangler. Um, I never knew who Jesse was until. Um, after my grandpa died, he, uh, we played a game down in presentation, uh, where he goes to school and he came up to me after the whole national anthem and all that. And he said, Hey man, I'm sorry for your loss. Like, and I was like, yeah, like this guy, this guy's good shit. So me and Jesse have been keeping in touch ever since. And you know what? Yeah. Like I said, he, he's good shit. He's a great guy. Uh, guys, go ahead and say hi to the people. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, what's up? How's it going? This is Jesse. <laughs> Alright, uh, we're just going to break into the first topic. Um, Mike Trout just signed for a buttload of money. And a lot of, some, half of the baseball world is happy and the other half isn't because it's like, that guy is not worth that much. And the other half is like, Yes, he is worth that much. In your in your guys' honest opinion, is Mike Trout worth? Is he the? Is he supposed to be the four hundred million dollar man? Whoever wants uh, to start. I was looking, sorry. Uh, I was looking actually at a stat today um, about uh, WAR, which is wins above replacement, as some people may not know, and uh, they were showing the difference between. Machado, Harper, and Trout, and they were showing if Machado was worth the, I believe it was three hundred million for ten or twelve years, that his his WAR, which was I believe in the thirties over his career, was would be equivalent. To Trout getting 600 million because he has around a 60 some war. So the way I look at it, if they're paying guys like Harper and Machado that kind of money, and people think that they're worth that kind of money, then Trout should actually be worth a lot more than he's actually getting paid. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, if you're going to give Manny Machado that type of money, Bryce Harper, who had his his average is down last year. Still had decent like power numbers, but if you're gonna give those guys that type of money, then Mike Trout he's like the face of the game right now. He's he's the guy. He gets better and better every year. I think I think he totally deserves it. I wonder. Yeah, you definitely I've... also uh, sorry for interrupting, but you look at it. You know, you look at Harper. He's had some down years. Machado has some down years, but if you look at Trout over his entire career. The guy is the definition of consistency as well. So you, you kind of day in, day out, you know what you're going to get from him. Well, 
You you brought up the war stat, and the stat that I have here, uh, Mike Trout, at the age of 27, is one of the only three players to have his Ohio war at that age. And the other two are Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth. So, yeah, he's in good company. I mean, don't get me wrong, being a Yankee fan, like, I'm supposed to hate Trout, but Trout has been one of the funnest players to watch ever since he burst onto the scene. I I can't get enough of Trout to be honest with you. I don't think Harper's worth three hundred million. Um, I don't think Machado's worth three hundred million either. But that that was another topic that I had. But we can go into that. Are are these guys getting the big, huge contracts worth three hundred million? I think it just well, depends on what the fans are willing to pay for. And if they're going to pay for that, then give the guys their money. Yeah, these these guys have to go through a 162 game uh, grind, and it's also I was talking to some other people today about it. If you look, especially at Harper, just the amount that he brings in from say jersey sales or filling the stands, he might not only be getting paid for his on-field production. He's such a big name, and people come to watch him. He might also be getting paid for. You know, putting fans in the stands and putting jerseys on people's backs. I disagree. I say Tim Tebow brings in more. I would much rather go see Tim Tebow hit a home run. Ah, no. You're right. But still. Yeah, you'd have to go to about 10 games to see that, though. <laughs> How awesome would it be to see Tim Tebow hit a home run, though? In person. I'd pay to see that. I expect yeah, it out of Harper. <sighs> I I expect it out of Harper. I don't expect it out of Tim Tebow. I would pay to see Tim Tebow. I'll, I'll prob now living on the East Coast. I'm probably gonna see Harper, but I would pay to see Tim Tebow hit a dinger. Well, I think you look at Tebow, you'd almost expect it more. He's a big lumbering man. Yes, he was, you know, NFL quarterback, but. Harper isn't all that big of a guy, and just the bat speed he puts on baseballs and the amount of torque that he gets and pop that he has. The, the, thing, the thing with me and Harper, though, like when it comes to $300 million, I mean, a $300 million guy, I expect him to have a high batting average and hit a lot of home runs. Like Mookie Betts, I feel Mookie Betts deserves a $300 million contract when he's a free agent, when that time comes. But if you're hitting 250 and only hitting 34, 35 dingers a year, I I don't see it. I mean, Harper, yes, he has a high on base percentage, but still, it's the whole batting. It's the batting average prospect for me because you know I was I was a slapper hitter in college and high school, and that's all I'm good. I'm, all I'm good for is batting average. I'm I'm a little biased. I'll admit it. I'm biased. I would think if you're giving a guy that kind of money, you want to see some sort of five tools. You definitely want to see, you know, he might not have to hit 330, but he has to be above average in, I think, every every kind of category of the game. And Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think that Machado or Harper was worth that amount of money, but... Like, like you were saying, jersey sales, all that. Like, if the fans are going to pay for it, like, you got to give it to them, man. The uh, 
Har- Harper can get his average back up, I think. And he had a couple down years, but his his swing has changed slightly. He'll get it. He'll get. It. I think if he gets it back, he will. He will uh, be totally fine. Well, how how about this crazy stat for you? When Babe when Babe Ruth signed, that was record breaking in the baseball world. He is the highest played baseball player. In today's money, his contract would be worth three hundred and ninety two million four hundred and ninety five thousand and six hundred and four dollars. Just think about that for a second. When and I feel like Trout's always compared to all these major major league greats. And after getting that stat tonight, I mean, I mean, I've I've said it since he came on the scene. Trout is the next. He should have been the unanimous Hall of Famer, but you know, my boy Mariano had to get that one. So was that Babe Ruth? Was that the equivalent of over the same term as uh, the twelve years of Trout, or was that a single season? No, I believe Babe Ruth's contract it was seven or eight seasons. So technically, Babe Ruth is making more. Actually, I have that stat too. Um, con- Babe Ruth's contract was approximately between thirty-six to forty-one million dollars a year. In today's money. That's what slightly less <laughs> less term and slightly less or yeah, slightly well. Thirty million dollars. He's he's five he's five five years less. So yeah, he's getting more money because it's five years less in today's money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we also averaged Trout's deal out today, and I believe it was thirty six point. Eight million dollars, where Harper was getting twenty-eight point seven, and when you look at that per year basis, I believe you know you look at Trout, like you're saying, he's among the all-time greats and ton of statistical categories, and he's making in baseball eight million dollars. I mean, it's still a bunch of money, but that doesn't separate. I think this their two different skill levels. And that's not including in, that's not including incentives. I mean, I didn't look over Trout's contract, but I assume that he's got incentives if he's going to stick around in Anaheim for 12 years. I mean, you got to give the guy a bonus for 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 hits cuz you know he's going to get there. Plus home yeah, run he's on, bonuses he's on and shot or 3,000, I believe. Yeah, I don't think he's allowed to opt out either. No, he's not, and that's the other big thing. He he's stuck in Anaheim. But you think Harper's contract. You think uh, sorry, Harper's contract opt out as well, did it? Yeah, Harper can't go. Harper can't leave either, unless the Phillies or the Angels decide to trade him. For some reason, they are not. They're not allowed to leave. They are stuck. But uh, we'll we'll move we'll move on from Mike Trout. Uh, the next next topic I want to talk about. I think Ichiro's immortal. Ichiro found the fountain of youth. He is playing opening day in Japan. At forty five years old. I mean, I don't know if this is just a send off. His last hurrah in Japan, but I think. I honestly think Ichiro has one more season left in him, and I I would not mind watching it. 
Oh, I would love to see the, to see him play all year. He, and he always said whenever he finishes baseball, he's probably just going to die. So he doesn't know what else to do with his life. You, you saw the throw in the spring training game the other night, I'm assuming. Yeah, and he got a hit one of the first uh, first couple days of spring training, too. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see him play. <clears throat> Juice, what's your take on it? I, I saw that throw as well, and I would love to see a 24-year-old outfielder do that, let alone someone that's almost twice his age like that. To be that old and still still be able to compete like that is that's something else. So that takes, like you said, the fountain fountain of youth. Like that's a special human to be able to keep playing up until their mid forties. I mean, how? Uh, let me look it up. I want I want to see how old Pete Rose was and when he retired. Uh, just give me, give me, give me a second to look it up. He retired. He retired in '86 at the age of. Uh, let me check. While while I'm looking for an age, I mean, think it. You really think if Ichiro stuck around, or actually started in the MLB, you think he beats Pete Rose's record? If if he started here at 18 years old, do you think he would have shattered Pete Rose's record? You have to say yes, right? Because doesn't his his hits in Japan plus his hits in uh, the MLB uh, more than that? Yeah, combined. But there's always the argument of you know the Japanese league's not as good as you know the American league. They ain't, they don't play the same baseball we do over here. Ah, man, baseball, baseball, hitting's hitting. I mean... You just have to adjust to a little bit quicker pitching here. I mean, probably not as not as nasty a junk. But but that's the thing, too. I mean, the further Ichiro got in his career, guys are throwing harder and harder. I mean, at 45 years old, like, there's got to be a limit of how quick your reactions can be. You would think, but, I mean, he's still gets it done out there. He might not be a perennial all-star like he was, but I, I still think he's a very serviceable outfielder if someone, you know, might be lacking slightly in that area. But I think it's kind of to the point where teams don't necessarily want a slap hitting corner outfielder. You know, the league is going to high home runs, high strikeouts. Teams are looking at each year old at age 45 thinking there's better younger options for yeah and and i just i just looked it up i finally found it pete rose did retire at age 45 so like i said i do feel like this is ichiro's final year even though i'd love to see him play more because ever since he came came to the scene in 01 i could not get enough of ichiro I, mean, I actually when I was a little when I was a little leaguer I used to do his uh his uh plate thing you know with the bat out like a lightsaber towards the pitcher all that he he was my well, idol. Still did it I mean yeah I still kind of did it valley but I also mixed in the Manny Ramirez plate taps too like <laughs> tap tap drag that's the way you do it. 
yeah, you were all over the place, that's for sure. <laughs> well, moving on, Juice, before you say anything incriminating towards me, um, there's been a new, the Players Union in baseball has been talking about bringing in tie games. And Jeff Samardza, some, well, however the heck you say it, Samardza, um, he's one of the backers for it. He says that extra innings is too taxing on pitchers, too taxing on the bullpen, and it's just hectic for managers trying to figure out like who's going to throw the next day if a game does go into extra innings. I personally don't agree with it because I'm a purist of the game, but it's it's an interesting topic. I mean, I, I just can't see tie games and how you would put that in a point system. You'd have to like divide it like hockey or soccer. Yeah, where you'd get one point for a tie. Or... Yeah, and then two points but for yeah, a win. You'd have to take the standings to a. You'd have to put the standings to a point based system. You're right. And I just. Hmm. I don't I don't I don't like that because you could be a really crappy team and get a a bunch of ties and be better than a team that's better than you because you have more ties and not as much as wins but that team has I don't know it's it's complicated you know Yeah you you see that you see that in hockey sometimes where if a team has, say, 43 wins, there might be a team with 41 wins sneak into the playoffs because they had more overtime or shootout losses, which gives you one point. Yeah, let the record show that Juice is Canadian, so he knows his hockey facts. <laughs> but, yeah, Jesse, what's your what's your take on the whole tying thing? I just I can't see it happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I mean, when I was first... Because I, I played soccer in high school, and when I was first like learning about ties and stuff, I was like, "Why? Why would they even do that?" Like, I'm a <clears throat> like me personally, like <clears throat> I hate to lose, and if I tie, I almost feel like I lost because I didn't get the dub. So I like like you said, I'm more of a baseball purist too. I like the game the way it is. Like it's a it's a old fashioned game. We should keep playing it that way. And and another thing yeah. that goes another thing that goes with that article is will. If you put this in place, will more relievers fake injuries so they don't have to pitch that day? That's the thing. Like the manager, the manager calls on you, and all you have to say is, "Oh, my arm's tight," and he has to find someone else or a position player that's on the bench. For for if it's tight or if it's in extra innings. If it were to, if it were to uh, stay in extra innings. While while this whole tying game process is in effect, I I mean these guys didn't the way I see it these guys didn't get to the big leagues by taking injuries and not wanting to play you know I the way I look at it is all the guys that are up there are gamers they wanna they're gonna scrap till the game's done they're not gonna take injuries or oh I'm tight I can't go in I I would think that. That to get there, you have to be a little, uh, you know, more desire to win than than something like that. But I, I guess you never know. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves free baseball, man. So much suspense in the in the extras because <clears throat> anything is a big thing. You know, a base hit, everyone's like, oh man, more suspense. Like a walk, it just it just adds to it, adds up. 
I don't like tying in baseball. I don't even like the ties in the spring training games. Well, I, spring training is a different ball game. I mean, every every everyone's limited in spring training. Like that's when everyone's trying to get back into shape. And I mean, I threw yesterday at my practice, and I can't tell you how fat the knot is in my shoulder right now <laughs> for not yeah, throwing for kind of God knows how long. But yeah, I mean, I agree with ties in spring training, but. In in the big game, no. There has to be a clear winner and a loser because the point system, I feel, would just get too complicated, and I feel like some teams would get robbed, like Juice was saying with the hockey standing. Yeah, I just feel like old saying I heard, it's like guys are like kissing your sister. It's just not right. <laughs> yep, that's the way I was taught. Yep, straight <laughs> up. Uh, final topic before we get into our little – bridge down memory lane uh mlb is planning on implementing a the two-way player rule courtesy of shohei otani um so the way that it works you have to establish if the player is going to be a hitter or a pitcher at the beginning of the season on your roster so if if you have a two-way guy that establishes himself as a hitter you get that extra pitcher spot if he establishes himself as a pitcher then you have an extra hitter spot um, but in order to become a two-way player, you must either throw 20 innings, and if you want to be a hitter, you have to play 20 games on the field in order to become, you have to do both. So you play your first 20 innings as a pitcher, and then you have to have 20, uh, 20 games as a hitter. So pretty much 60 at-bats as a hitter, 20 innings to pitch. Um, once, once after that, then the team gets a free slot as in the pitcher spot or the hitter spot, whatever, whatever the team decides to put him down as. So in Otani's case, you put him down as a pitcher and you get an extra hitter spot in that case. Um, I just will, my question is, will this affect how, uh, MLB scouts look at players who can both play the field and pitch. Because me me in college, I was a pitcher and I was an outfielder. I think, Jesse, you, you pitch for presentation, don't you? And you play the field? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just would, would that sway scouts to look more for the two-way players rather than guys who are just singled out at one position? I definitely did not pitch in college. Yeah, I know you didn't. You wanted to, but <laughs> I'll bring out I'll bring out my slide whistle when you throw the pitch. Um, I would the way I kind of look at it is as of right now that to me that rule is kind of irrelevant, but. Like you were saying, like how they would scout potential players, but also kind of what how I look at it is if you're a you know top college program, I I don't see in you know good D1 schools a lot of two-way guys. I mean, I guess there could be exceptions, but 
If you if you find that rare player who can just throw ninety and just hits the living shit out of the ball, like he play he pitches once a week in high school and he plays the field the other game that he plays during the week, kind of deal. Do you think that would influence yeah, how no, they I, look at him? I mean, I, I guess it could be an extra incentive because you have kind of that extra roster. Well kind of extra roster spot as I kind of interpret it as but the way I look at it is those guys at that level are kind of so rare that you know when was the last time before Otani that there was a two-way guy that played both pitched and hit in the same season yeah that'd be Babe Ruth buddy yeah so kind of the way I look at it is, is it's it's hard enough to get to the show as a pitcher or a hitter. How hard is it to get there as both? Where I can I can see them giving them an extra roster spot, but I just I'm not sure there'd be enough enough talent at both kind of with two way guys that scouts would kind of want to look at them more. If that makes sense. No, I get I pick up what you're throwing down. Yeah, I feel like scouts when they when they evaluate a player, they look at everything they have to offer. Like they're gonna look at your arm and see what the velo your arm has, and if you don't turn out good as a hitter, they'll put you on the mound. Or if you don't turn out good as a pitcher, but you can pitch and they'll but you can hit and they'll try you out as hitting. They'll, they'll exhaust like every option, and then don't most people want you to focus on the one thing. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, just taking a break from the podcast real quick. Just uh, wanted to give a shout out to my boy David Alonzo, who's running a brand called Brotrition. Basically what it is, he's trying to get you in shape for the summer. Summertime's coming up. You want to look good for the beach. All my West Coast people, I know you want to look good for the beach. Uh, he's a fitness nutrition specialist. Tells you what you can or can't eat if you're trying to get back into shape. And he'll work out. He'll work with you when it comes to working out. You know, hey, I work out two times a week, three times a week. All right, well, here's your plan. Here's what you can or can't eat. Here's what you're supposed to eat. Eat. He's more than understanding. I've known the guy majority of my life. I I stand by David Alonzo. He knows what he's doing. Been doing it his whole life. But, yeah, uh, looking forward to having him on the podcast. He will be here soon. But for now... I plead and beg of you to go check out Brotrition on Instagram. That is B-R-O-T-R-I-T-I-O-N underscore on Instagram. Um, Yeah, hit him up. I'm guaranteeing you that I will be hitting him up. I've been gaming, gaining a couple pounds. Yeah, David Alonzo at Brotrition. Go look him up, especially if you're on the West Coast. To all my West Coast listeners, go ahead and look up Brotrition on Instagram. There's one part of the game, you know, they might not be as great of a hitter, but they're good enough to play D1, you know, as a dual guy or something. But, you know, once you get to the pros, it's a different animal. I always feel like there's something that, you know, either hitting or pitching that's better that to the point where you think I need to focus on one. You know, a guy like Otani is such an exceptional athlete that he can do both, but 
he's kind of just a freak of nature that way that and also he was able to do it growing up and professionally in Japan I believe he played that he could do that but I yeah I just don't see I mean there might be a few more guys that could definitely open up a maybe not a floodgate but open up the door for a few guys to come into the league as, as dual guys all right, fair enough. Uh, well, we're we're heading towards the end of the show. Uh, I guess to close it all up, um, we're we're all NAIA baseball players. Uh, Juice, you're at uh Dakota State. Uh, Jesse's at Presentation, and I played at Valley City. Uh, all in the same North Star Conference. So go, uh, dish out your favorite North Star Athletic Association memory. Uh, whoever wants to start, go for it. Uh, Jesse, you could probably go ahead if you can think of one. I have to sort through about 15 of them. Yeah, yeah let me think. we got quite a few. Some, most, of mine, most of mine, the first few years, have to do with getting our asses kicked. But now, <laughs> now we're starting to try and turn our program around. We had a decent year last year. Well, um, hey, Jesse, real quick, uh, were you ever there? Were you there the year you had the third baseman, I think? He had his whole arm tattooed with all 30 MLB teams on his arm. Oh. <laughs> he, was, he, was only, he was here my the greatest thing that could have happened to the Valley City dugout because we were right next to the guy and we were looking at his arm we were like is it no and I think on his on his elbow it was the Houston Astros logo <laughs> right on his elbow but he had all 30 MLB teams and the funny thing about that we had a guy on our team who had the MLB logo on his back between his shoulder blades so we we gave him a break because we were like, this guy took it to the next level. He has all 30 teams on his arm, and you're over here with the MLB patch between your shoulder blades. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, uh, he, he fell out. He didn't have enough, like, good enough grades to come back in the spring that year. He was, he's actually a solid player. Yeah, he was. He was. He, he threw me out on one of my bunts. Yeah, yeah. He had some bombs on the left side, and... uh and he's a solid third baseman. <clears throat> but, yeah, he didn't have the grades, so <clears throat> he didn't get to come back that year. Uh, that's why you always got to stay in school, kids, if you want to keep playing this. Was he, uh, if you can remember, Nico, was he the one that ran me over at the plate? I believe so, because he was there your freshman year. And you were catch yeah, yeah exactly. you were catching for Chip during that uh double double header. Yeah, and I uh, took a foul tip ninety or ninety one off the mask and got ran over in the same inning. <laughs> <laughs> that's your claim. That's that one. Might been, that might have been a North Star. North Star man, if I actually remembered <laughs> that game, but. Well, that little intermission, I gave I gave you plenty of time, Jesse. You got one yet or no? Um, I mean, well, North Star, there's there's plenty of memories, but I want to tell you about what we went through last weekend, just here at. PC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I I forgot we were gonna talk about this. Yeah, go ahead and tell me about this. This can be your right. little segment. Yeah, so we were supposed to have 
the JV games against uh, Miles uh, Miles City Community College or something in in Miles City, Montana. But that got snowed out. Weather's terrible here right now. And so our coach, he's like, "Oh, we need to get live reps for everyone." And we we have a the the inflatable dome that goes over our football field, so we can have like a decent scrimmage in there, like a 350 foot center field fence, left field and right field are cut off, but it's a full infield, you know. But the dome's really short, so like you like I hit a home I hit a ball that would have been an absolute bomb, and it hit the roof, and they're like, "Oh, foul ball, get back in the box," type thing, and that happened to like three or four guys, but uh. So our school rented out the dome for a soccer tournament Saturday and Sunday, and they rented out to Northern State uh, Track and Field. That's the other school in town, if uh, people don't know that. Um, so because there's like the South Dakota High School Basketball State Tournament going on in their gym where their track is. And so we weren't allowed to get into our dome until uh, 9, 9 p.m. Friday night. And our coach decided that, we, we needed to play a triple header against ourselves in the dome starting at 10 o'clock at night. And so, so we played three eight-inning games, and we started at 10 p.m., and we got out of there at 5.30 a.m. And our coach was like, give us some good work. Enjoy your off day. And we're like, coach, we just practiced for six hours on our off day. So if that's, if that's not in high, I don't know what else to tell you, man. That, uh, that was a wild night, and my sleep schedule has still not recovered. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. I could not imagine. Oh, my God. I didn't think stuff like that happened at presentation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me either. It was last weekend. Holy shit. But, hey, so. you you got to admit, I mean, it, it goes towards something. I mean, like you said, you guys weren't the best back when in my early days of being in college. And look at you guys now. You're one of the top. You're one of the top teams in the in well the NSAA. You guys are contenders. You guys are battlers. I mean, last year you guys made a hell of a run. Yeah, ran out of pitching and uh, kind of wasn't ready for the conference championship. Don't really need to talk about that twenty-one to one loss though. <laughs> No, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, Juice, you got a memory? Uh, I have one, but uh, I, you were definitely in it. We were talking about this before we got on the air. Yeah, and I've already prepared myself, so go ahead, lay it on. And uh, just so everyone knows, every time I pretty much talk to Nico at all, I, I bring this up, but... Uh, it was just after we, I believe it was a midweek game after we swept Jamestown on the Sunday, I believe. And we uh, we walked off the fourth game and we had quite the celebration. And I believe there's two or three guys that couldn't play the midweek game because they were had rolled ankles and stuff from this uh, celebration we had in West Center Field. But uh, so at the uh, at the time, Nico was uh, courting a certain female at our school. And uh, me and a couple other guys were giving them a pretty hard time about it. Go into this midweek game. And I, I told them 
or me and a couple other guys said, well, whoever gets the most hits, you, uh, the other guy, or the guy that gets the most hits, you know, gets to talk to or whatnot. And so obviously Nico at the time was our starting center fielder. And I was just kind of the lefty that came off the bench. So anyway, I started the game at at hitting second at shortstop. At shortstop, and juice it, juice. But hang on, just just giving you a vis- visual here. Juice is not a shortstop. <laughs> Does not look like a shortstop. Juice is a catcher. He. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but Ju- Juice has some Juice has some pounds on. <laughs> He's not your stereotypical shortstop player. <laughs> but um, the whole plan was to have me. I don't think I believe at our time our shortstops. Our shortstop was well X. Or, uh, yeah. Okay, well, I I don't think he was hitting well at the time or whatever. So the plan was to start me in the batting lineup and then I could potentially re-enter and get another at-bat late in the game. So we lead off the game. Nico's leading off. I'm hitting second. He, I was just looking at it today, actually, because it's one of the greatest memories of my life. So Nico leads off with a walk and I hit a double off the right field wall. Which, first of all, you should have scored on. Still to this day, you should have scored on that. <laughs> that thing was a moonshot. Yeah, no. It could have been caught. <laughs> no, it couldn't it have been caught. But it. Yeah, I know, it but it, it hung up for a little bit. It, it psyched me out. I didn't think you had that much power in you. Well, I think that freshman season, I had as many doubles as singles, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, Anyways, I get uh, pulled for the shortstop to credit or pinch run for me, sorry. And we end up, we put up a six spot that inning. We were playing Mount Marty, who came back and put up a five spot on us. And so it turned into an absolute barn burner. The final score was, I believe it was 18 to 11. And... Needless to say, up seven, I didn't. We just let our shortstops hit. Nico ended the game 0 for five with two walks in an 18-run game. And so, in one at bat, Io hit. I believe. I believe you're still the single-season hits record holder there in that season. Yes, I am. Proud of it. I and I he still went brag about it. With two walks, and I went one for one with a double. Let the record show that third baseman had the glove of God. First off, I hit two shots at him. He made an amazing. I didn't think white people could jump that high, but that guy had ups. <laughs> he he snagged that ball like no tomorrow. And then the next line drive I hit at him, diving play got me out. So that third baseman. Probably should have been two for five with two doubles and two walks, but the stat record still shows zero for five with two walks. But but now let's get to the good part. What what happened at the party when we got back to Valley that night? 
Now, now that you got to claim your prize, because I know that that's where you're going with this. Oh, that yeah, that's the whole end game of this. So we get to we get to the party at the baseball house that night, and Nico is talking with his lady friend, and I believe someone told her about the kind of deal we made. She thought it was pretty funny, and so. After a couple soda pops. She went with it. She went yeah, with the bet. She decided to go with it. And um, I can't quite remember, but I believe I kind of slid in, put my arm around her and said, hey, babe. And she walked away with me and wrote, juice is number one on my forearm. And Nico definitely... You know, one of my best friends at Valley, if not my best friend, comes over and tries to fight me. <laughs> but ends up, you know, taking the coward's way out is the way I would look at it. Juice ended up with some, Juice ended up with some purple nuts because the way that it happened was we all walked home together, me, my girl, and Juice, and Juice lived on the same floor that I did at the dorms. And like, uh, might have been my girl at the time, but I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Your girl. Yeah, I I stole your girl from you after that. We were like, oh, good night, Juice. And Juice was like, wait, where are you going? And I was like, boom, right to the nuts. Punched him so hard. He's wheezing in the elevator. And me and, me and my girl just walked off. And yeah. We also <laughs> forgot when you uh, gave me the old... Uh, Backed out when the original time I walked away with her in the baseball house. Yeah. So he. Uh, Juice is walking funny the whole was, night. I will just say that. Juice is walking funny the whole Nico, night. Nico definitely did not want me to reproduce after that. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's awesome. No, it's not awesome. Jesse, don't, don't encourage him. He'll only go on more and more. He'll, Juice oh. has plenty of stories. You'll you'll hear about it in the next uh, next time I have you guys on because I have both of you guys put on for the uh, NAIA episode, which is what I thought we were gonna do tonight. But I just was picking off random topics from my clipboard here. But my going into it, uh, my fun or my favorite NSAA moment probably would have to be. It it does involve juice because it's just a freaking hilarious story that it's kind of like an underdog story. It really is because we were playing Jamestown. Valley City had not beaten Jamestown the whole time that my head coach had started there. And yeah, six six or eight years Valley City had not beaten Jamestown. Something like that. It was like a crazy stat and. Uh, we made a comeback in the last inning. Uh, I hit the game winning or game, not game, yeah, game tying single. A little dribble past the third baseman that he missed, and then all all of a sudden, oh no, I scored. Mickle John scored me to tie it, and then all of a sudden I just hear Juice get hot. This is your guy. Little right, little right-handed sidewinder Jesse. You probably know who it is. The old. Sidewinder from uh, Jamestown through through si- submarine almost. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. 
Yeah, so our coach says, Juice, get juice, <laughs> juice, get hot. This is your guy because the thought process has been thinking facing a sidewinder is that uh, the ball tails into a left-handed sweet spot because he tries to pitch in, you know, because the ball tails. So or Juice gets hot. Yeah, exactly. Slider just runs right into the barrel. Exactly. So Jude. Exactly. That was his, his go to pitch that day. Kind of almost every righty in our lineup was having, not almost every righty in our lineup was having a lot of trouble, obviously, because it was, it was a pretty good slider. So Juice jumps up looking like a young, naive Hollywood actress, ready for a role, get, trying to get ready for a role, or trying to earn a role. And, uh,. Comes up, hits the game, hits the hits the game-winning single in the first game, and and wins the ball game. And after that, it was Juice. Juice was the hero. And every time we saw a Submariner getting warmed up, it was Juice. This is your guy. This is your guy. And even even after Juice left, we still made the jokes when we went to Dakota State when I was coaching Valley at the time as a student assistant. It was still the same thing. Even though Juice wasn't on the team anymore because he went to Dakota State, it was still, we'd hear from the oh, dugout, I, Juice, this is your guy, this is your guy. <laughs> Get hot. I, I was in Minnesota that time, but yeah. Oh, yeah, you were screwing around at Hibbing. But that, that for me, was probably my funnest moment because it was such it was such a great moment for Valley City. And I mean, who doesn't love a walk off? Let let alone two in the same day. I mean, Jake Rambo ended up getting the game winning hit in the second game too. I mean, yeah, that that was and it that, for me. Uh, and uh, to think that both our favorite memories happened within four days of each other. Yeah, whatever, Juice. Whatever. I still had the girl. Sure you do, but you're right. I don't anymore. Wherever you are, I wish you the best of luck. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> with that, we are out of time. We went, we went 20 minutes over. I keep saying that I'm trying to keep this podcast at 30 minutes, and it ends up going way over. I mean, I might as well just go ahead and make this like an hour long podcast from now on, from here on out. I mean, with all the guests that I have. I mean, they have so much to talk about, all the knowledge that they have. We're just we're just everyday guys talking random stuff. And, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed listening. Uh, Juice, Jesse, you want to give a farewell? Go on ahead. This has been Outfield Talk with Anthony Nicosia and some of the boys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Always good reminiscing about uh, me me being better than you. Uh, yeah, no, thanks a lot. Have a good night, everybody. Hope you keep listening.